Welcome to Tech in Color, a show dedicated to spotlighting diverse stories of leaders in tech and business and their journey in getting to where they are today. I'm Monsi. And I'm Michelle. Today in the Zoom studio, we have Anne Salmson. Anne is co-founder and CTO of Athena, where she leads the technical team and product development. Athena provides personalized, digestible harassment prevention training for modern teams. Their platform is deployed at notable companies, including Netflix, Figma, and Zendesk, and has raised over $3 million from investors like GSV and NEO. Anne has been recognized by Forbes 30 Under 30 for her work. She is a Harvard computer science grad and former engineering lead at public safety startup Mark 43. Anne, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you both for having me. I'm really excited to virtually be here. So first, we'd love to hear more about your early influences. Could you walk us through your upbringing and if there were any formative experiences for you during your high school or college years? I am so excited that you asked this question. It gives me uh, an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite people in the whole world, which is my high school computer science teacher, Mr. Campbell. So when I was in ninth grade, I excitedly joined my high school's math and science Olympiad teams. I have a feeling that you know, either or both of you may have been involved in some teams like that and knew nothing about computer science. Mr. Campbell, who taught my high school's computer science class, realized that there were no freshman girls signed up for his course. And he thought that was incredibly disappointing and dispiriting. And he decided that he would take it up as a personal mission to increase the gender diversity in his classes. So he went to the math team and made a pitch for computer science, thinking if I'm going to find, you know, some young women who are excited about this, I think the math team is a is a likely place for them to be. And in fact, he was right. I was really excited about what he described and the possibilities of what learning to code might do for me and ended up signing up for for his classes, which I took throughout the rest of my time in high school. And there are two reasons I, I so like to talk about Mr. Campbell. One is just my incredible gratitude for his thoughtfulness and his allyship and his work. And the other is just to highlight how big a difference it makes when someone is deliberate about diversity and decides to make it a personal mission to improve the diversity of a group or program or workplace that that they're in. Yeah, it's incredible to hear about your story and what Mr. Campbell did to support women. I also found CS through Girls Who Code and similar clubs during high school, so I definitely relate to that. Moving forward a little bit, you started your career as an engineer at Mark 43. What did you learn from your early career that you still apply as a founder today? Oh, man, uh, there is a lot here. But one thing that that really sticks with me is what I learned about the product development lifecycle at Mark 43. One of our biggest and most important challenges at Mark 43 was being able to innovate in a really mission critical space. By the way of background, the company is a public safety startup and provides mission critical tools to first responders, which means that some of the product development lessons from companies like Facebook, um, you know, at the time, move fast and break things, 
really didn't map to us. And so understanding what it meant to innovate when we were building such crucial tools that really couldn't fail was a difficult and important balance to strike and one that I was really lucky to spend years honing during my time there and, and learning from my colleagues who, who knew how to do it better than I did. And that is a lesson that I have absolutely taken with me as a founder we are not building mission critical software for first responders, but we are building a tool that ultimately a lot of companies are, are counting on, particularly for compliance goals. And so understanding how we can innovate, how we can do something that's different and moving the needle forward while still leaving our, our customers in a you know, safe and secure position is a, is a skill that I am really happy to have practiced. It sounds like a lot of what influenced you early on and what you learned at Mark 43 has also been carried over till now. Moving into your journey of actually founding Athena. So you found a co-founder, Roxanne, who's a Harvard and Oxford graduate, a U.S. Army combat veteran, a former McKinsey consultant, and a Rhodes Scholar, and also a new mom, which is super exciting. We'd love to hear more about how you found each other and what made you decide to start a company together. I always love to talk about Roxanne much in my Mr. Campbell book. She is someone that I have a lot of admiration and, and gratitude for. So, so love to pause and discuss her. And the founding story of Athena really does begin with Roxanne. So as you mentioned, she came from the army and from McKinsey, both of which really value training in, in their own way. And she was consistently baffled at the sort of check the box training that both institutions leveraged, particularly for compliance purposes and, and more specifically for harassment. The army literally called some of these trainings, quote unquote, check, check the box trainings. And she had a vision of doing this better. And we got introduced at the point when she was doing the sort of initial discovery work around what better might look like. She went and sought advice from a friend of mine who was a successful founder, gave her a lot of encouragement for her idea, said that he would write an angel investment check, which, which he did. We're very proud to have him on our cap table and told her that he knew someone who would be a perfect partner. And I was at the time at Mark 43, um, really enjoying my career there and not thinking about other opportunities, but on his strong recommendation, decided to talk to Roxanne and learn more about what she was thinking about. And when we did connect, I got really excited about the promise of applying modern technology and modern product development methodology to this this problem on top of that also it's it's important to say i was incredibly excited about working with her and still one of the greatest privileges of my my job is working daily alongside roxanne it's great to hear about how you both found each other and decided to team up to work together on this important problem. Could you tell us more about what Athena does and also how you realized that this problem was the one that you wanted to focus on? Happily. And I should start by asking both of you, have either of you done any mandatory harassment training, perhaps at an internship? Yeah, I have. Definitely at bigger companies. Very cool. So you have a little bit of the context about um, what the sort of market and solutions to date 
look like? So traditionally, harassment training is done in in one of two ways, and this model is true for much other compliance training as well, um, which is either some sort of in-person workshop. So think uh, a facilitator, a lawyer, or an educator, perhaps leading a conversation uh, these days over Zoom, uh, or an hour-long video. And these solutions both have their strengths, uh, but but neither neither it was fundamentally a, a meaningful solution that moved the needle on company culture, incidents of harassment, et cetera. In the case of in-person workshops, there are some really amazing in-person facilitators who you know, I have experienced them too, who are able to lead high impact, really thoughtful workshops. Uh, The challenge there is that that solution doesn't scale very well. And so particularly in the multi-state regulatory environment that's emerged for harassment prevention training, that's a really challenging option for really large companies to to use and and rely on. But important to say, I think there there is a lot to learn from there and and we've tried to do that. And with e-learning, the solutions are really, again, to, to, to return to the phrase that we borrowed from the army, check the box oriented. They are meant to sort of get a learner in and out with the minimum amount of, of thought and time. And we think that that's a, that's a real miss. So that solution scales quite well, but really just had, had no chance of, of having any impact. So our our product tries to combine, and I I believe does combine, the best of both worlds. So learning from what in-person trainers do, which is being engaging, leveraging humor, treating learners with respect, and assuming that they are smart and interested in being a supportive and inclusive colleague. And then also using the scalability of of online solutions and making something that is hassle-free for administrators that scales seamlessly across a multi-state regulatory environment and indeed internationally as well. Yeah, even through what we've seen, Athena has so many unique features. The way it delivers these bite-sized segments throughout the year, its funny, witty tone and usage of GIFs and the valuable data that it gives to employers. How did these features come to be part of your product? Were they already part of the MVP when you first started out or did you discover a need for them as you expanded the company? Well, first of all, I I love the summary of how the product works and thank you for for doing that for me. In terms of when we understood that we needed them, we have tried to be consistently really hypothesis driven in, in our approach. And so we think of, obviously, through working with with users and learners and and doing interviews and research, what we think might work. And then we want to race to to test it out. And the feature set that we have today um, was absolutely not something that we had ready or understood perfectly at at day zero. And I think that's something that's really important to, to clarify because when you look at a product that is working well, that is well-conceived, often you don't see the turns in the road to to get there. And for us, um, our pilot, which we we operated in the fall of of 2019, had some of these features in it, but, but not all of them. And one of the most important things that the pilot was able to test was was the use of humor. So you called out that we use um, a funny, witty tone and and gifs, and that was one of the biggest 
risks that we took in our product was to try to take what in-person trainers can do so well in terms of using humor for vulnerability, for reflection, for engagement, and seeing if we could bring that online. So that was one of the very first things we tested. We found out that it was a a huge hit with with most of our learners, with our administrators who had folks actually eager to to complete their training and thinking and talking about it in in a new way. So that was really the the first piece. And then the second really crucial piece in terms of digestible learnings, I think has a, a really neat history. It starts with researchers who for years have been, you know, pushing and advocating for micro-learning-based approaches, particularly in behavior change-oriented training. And this is something that we were really excited to, to test out and put into practice. So that idea was there from the very start of Athena, but it took us a lot of testing to understand how to, how to get that right, to get the balance of you know, leveraging the important parts of repetition in adult learning while also making sure that we were being respectful of the busy lives and, and schedules of, of all the folks that we were asking to uh, bring Athena into their into their daily routines. So that took significantly more fine tuning uh, and was something that we had the product live out of beta for, for a few months before I think we really got it right. Yeah, it's really great to hear about the pilot and how that sparked the changes that you, you made to the product. And the idea of nudges is also really interesting. You mentioned the testing that you often did with other companies and with, with other clients. Could you talk more about how you assessed the product market fit in these early stages, how you built the MVP and what that process was like, and also how you found which types of companies to focus on to get your first customers? Absolutely. I should start with the who are the customers, because I think that's really the, the basis for understanding what's the product and, and what do they need. And for us, something we've always been extremely excited about is working with companies who care about getting both compliance and culture right and working with customers who have really decided to prioritize building you know, an inclusive workplace, thoughtfully investing in, in training. And our early partners have, have been companies like that. We are, of course, excited as we grow about reaching all, all customers um, with whatever level of buy-in they have for, for what we're doing. But we really started with teams that already believed it was important to get this right and were willing to innovate alongside us as we all figured out how to do that. In terms of assessing product market fit and developing the right product for those customers, again, this was really hypothesis driven and we really focused on on testing. And so we tried to put as as much sort of innovation and newness in front of our customers as as we could, and then religiously follow up with them to understand what was working, what wasn't working, what could be working better, and to adjust from there. So as much as I can emphasize the value of putting out in the world a solution that you are excited about, but, but not yet sure of, that was absolutely crucial to ultimately, you know, reaching the, the product and, and the features that we, we have today and believe works really well. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear about how the product evolved over time. And like you've mentioned, harassment training is often something that is rushed through or quickly forgotten, and Athena makes it more relevant and top of mind. As Athena has grown, have there been any challenges that you faced in achieving your mission, and how did you overcome those? Yeah, it's a great question. And of course, there are 
many challenges, but one that particularly sticks out to me is understanding how to explain to customers, um, and, and this is at every level, purchasers down, you know, down to learners, what we were doing and why we were doing it. So to, to pick an example from, from this um, general bucket of problems that sticks out, we really found that using humor was was absolutely crucial and something that many learners and and purchasers really immediately understood the value of. But there was a small percentage of folks we interacted with who were pretty concerned about that, who thought, does this humor somehow indicate that you're not taking this seriously or that I, as as, you know, a CHRO or head of people ops, is, is not taking this seriously. And the customer education piece around explaining, no, it is precisely because we take this so seriously that we want to leverage humor and, and leverage this way in. That was something that took us a little while to, to figure out how to articulate. And so one of the challenges inherent in doing things differently is that what you're doing will not be familiar to the folks who are using your product and being prepared for that and being really willing to listen to customers and adjust if they let you know that something isn't clearly explained or, or understood on their end uh, has has been incredibly important in reducing those points of friction as we've grown. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, like being able to communicate the value of the product to people who may not be going off of that. There's probably many companies that really need this type of harassment training, but have not thought to or are not aware of um, the ways that they can rework their own trainings. So how do you get the word out to companies who might need to update their trainings, but don't really know that they should? So this is a really interesting question, because I think something unique about our market and our product is that there is a lot of widespread understanding and acknowledgement that the current solutions are are insufficient. So while some companies have to sort of convince their users or their purchasers that what they have isn't good enough, we haven't come up against that problem. There is really wide understanding and acknowledgement that, that things need to change. So that is something that we have absolutely not had to educate customers about. Uh, and where our challenge lies is in explaining that that we are here, right? Um, as a small startup, on um, you know, ensuring that that people know that there's a solution to this problem that that's widely acknowledged has been where we've really focused. And to date, the vast majority of that communication has actually come from our existing customers, which we are really, really proud of. Um, most of the folks who end up talking to our sales team heard about us from someone who is already on the platform. And for us, that is the marketing strategy we want to keep investing in, making sure that the product is you know, so good and the experience working with our team so wonderful that our current customers continue to let their peers know that we're out there. Definitely. Word of mouth is such a powerful advertising method. So it's great to hear that you guys use that at Athena. We'd also love to talk a bit about your role as CTO of Athena. So what is a typical day like for you and what are the things that are always on your mind? My typical day changes so quickly. Uh, you know, how I spend my time when we were a team of two versus a team of five uh, versus now when we're, we're just approaching 20 folks uh, has, has been in flux. But 
the things always on my mind have not changed nearly so so frequently. Um, the very first is about in investing in the team and bringing the right team members along. I think one of the highest leverage things that I can do as CTO is hire just absolutely incredible, talented, uh, diverse team members who can help you know, multiply the impact that I could have if I, if I tried to work on, on everything myself. And that's something that was a focus from the start of Athena and, and continues to be one. The other is being just, again, religious about feedback, making sure that we are creating every possible channel to hear from our customers and, and from our learners and that we are taking the time and putting in the energy to, to really, truly listen to, to what they're telling us. And those are the, the two things that have been front and center the whole way through. Yeah, it sounds like there's definitely been so many things that you've probably learned throughout this process as well. Leading a company is so much different than leading a team that you've done in your previous experiences, though there must be a lot of overlap as well. As co-founder at Athena, what are some of your overall lessons that you've learned as the company has evolved from its early stages all the way till now? My biggest learning that started with my time at Athena has been about taking risks. I would not describe myself as a particularly um, risk tolerant person. I am someone who really likes rules and, and structure and doing things thoughtfully, which I assume is likely to resonate with the two of you as, as computer scientists. And the lesson that I have, have come to understand is that there can be as much downside in not taking a risk as there can be in, in taking that risk. And being able to reframe decisions we're making and really focus on opportunity cost and really think about what's there to lose if we don't do something innovative has been uh, really important and something that I really did not understand the value of in full until this role. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's just so much that goes into being a founder. So the learnings are just always happening. I imagine that a lot of what you do is also interacting with Athena customers. And I'm wondering in those interactions, you've probably had a firsthand look at how harassment training is changing, especially since you first started. Have you seen a tangible improvement in how modern teams interact? Yeah, this is an excellent question. And measuring improvement is, is an amazingly interesting and hard problem. But I'll focus instead on something that's a little more anecdotal and, and gives me a lot of hope. And I, I hope will um, sort of extend that hope to everyone listening. So we have absolutely seen a shift in the number of teams and the percentage of folks on teams who care about getting inclusion right. And it's so clearly that the first step to doing better is to looking up and realizing that there's progress to be made and that making that progress is important. And certainly since I graduated from college, this is something that I've seen shift dramatically. And then even over the course of my time working on Athena, it's something that I've seen continue to shift. And it makes me really proud uh, to be a part of the effort in, in tech and in Silicon Valley to lean into that problem and really focus on making it better. That's really great to hear. And Athena has also done a lot of great work over the pandemic as well. So kind of thinking about that and also what lies in the future, what is your vision for what Athena will be like in the next five, 10 years and what you hope for it to become in the future? 
So something that we are really excited about right now at Athena is expanding our offerings beyond harassment training. And in fact, we are, are currently doing that with um, some really wonderful enterprise partners. And the reason that that makes me so excited is because we have learned so many incredible lessons about how to make training engaging and effective that easily map outside of the realm of harassment. So to, to share an example, we are currently working on rolling out uh, anti-bribery training. And there are so many overlapping themes. Uh, the sort of traditional compliance approach that everyone knows doesn't work and, and doesn't create change. Tricky ethical situations where most folks want to do the right thing, but don't always know what the right thing is. Uh, perhaps a situation in which your manager is the problem and, and how to navigate that. And so we have just uh, had an incredible amount of energy about taking everything that we've learned and applying that across the compliance training spectrum and feel particularly privileged to be doing so with some amazing companies that are, are innovating in general and innovating on the compliance front. That's really exciting. And we look forward to seeing what happens with that. Lastly, we always like to dive into a quickfire round to get to know you a bit more outside of your career as well. So would you be down to answer some of our quickfire questions? I promise to do my best. Great. So to start off, what is your favorite hobby and how do you unwind outside of work? Reading. I know it's such an uncreative answer, but absolutely reading. We also love reading. So that is definitely a creative answer. Next up. What is the best advice that you've ever received? I have received a huge amount of wonderful and impactful advice, but I think that the single most important thing is believing that you have room to grow in pretty much every area of your life and that anyone who takes the time to give you advice and particularly advice that's hard to hear um, or constructive feedback is, is worth listening to and being grateful for. That's really great and very valid. Next up, what is your biggest life hack? So my biggest life hack is believing that people who you are interested in or inspired by will be willing to talk to you. Uh, this is something that I started to do when, when I was a college student and has paid humongous dividends. But realizing that the people that I admire uh, would likely be flattered to hear from someone who thought they were amazing and wanted to learn from them and, and actually take the time to respond was something that has has brought uh, brought so much to, to my life. And I, I hope that you two and um, anyone else listening will will believe the same and and reach out to the people who excite them. Yes, thank you. And I think reaching out to you is definitely our version of that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Anne. It's been a pleasure to learn from you. If there's any social media or content that you'd like to plug, this is your chance to let our listeners know where to find you. Uh, thank you again for, for having me. And this is a, a lovely way to, to finish off. For anyone who's interested in learning more about training with Athena, please visit goathena.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at, at goathena. Amazing. I hope a lot of people reach out and uh, learn more about what Athena is up to. Thank you so much, Anne. Thanks again to you both. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Tech & Color. If you're interested in following our journey and hearing from more leaders in tech and business, follow us on Instagram at Tech & Color Podcast, on Twitter at Tech & Color Cast, and on Spotify. We love to hear from listeners like you, so please reach out if you'd like to work with us.